Supernature Podcast is here to give everyone a respectable outlet to speak their truth. The experiences and stories depicted can be unsettling and disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story you want us to share, email supernature at galacticcycle.com. Hello, cosmic friends and family. Welcome to the Supernature Podcast. I am your host, David Mage. In today's episode, we are going to explore the epitome of the fringes of our reality with alien encounters. In today's episode, we are going to explore three separate events that all relate to aliens. Our first story is a declassified letter from the Department of National Defense with an unidentified object in the sky. This is a recorded account of a true unexplained encounter that happened in Hamilton, Ontario in 1959, as released by the Canadian Department of National Defense. Dear Sir, with reference to quote-unquote flying saucers over Hamilton, I have not reported this earlier due to sickness. I most emphatically say this is not a dream. I had not been asleep. I am east of Gage Park, just a block away. The park backs into Hamilton Mountain. It was a clear night with stars shining brightly. On February 6th at approximately 2.50 a.m., I was lying in bed looking out of a close-by window facing west at the stars. When suddenly, this vehicle came into view from the mountain, proceeding from south to north steadily, noiselessly, seemingly at treetop height. It looked to be passing over Gage Park. Its flashing, intermittent lights were bright orange in color, with a bigger light at the point of extension. I only saw it when the light went on. I couldn't see the shape well, but it was not like an airplane. I would be glad to know if you have had any other reports from Hamilton. This next story comes from one of our listeners who passed this along to us earlier this week. And I want to say thank you very much for passing this along. I had not heard of this nor seen it before. But this is an approved for release CIA declassified document that is titled Mars Exploration, and it is the transcript of a remote viewing session between the CIA and one of their subjects. This is the transcript from May 22nd, 1984. Today's date, May 22nd, time 10.09 a.m. All right now, using the information in the envelope I've provided exclusively, focusing your attention now. Using the information in the envelope, focus on 40.89 degrees north, 9.55 degrees west. I want to say it looks like, um, I don't know, it sort of looks, I kind of got an oblique view of a pyramid 
or pyramid form. It's very high. It's kind of sitting in a large, a large depressed area. All right. It's yellowish, uh, okra colored. All right. Move in time to the time indicated in the envelope I've provided you and describe what's happening. I'm tracking severe, severe clouds, more like dust storm. Uh, it's a geologic problem. Seems to be like a, just a minute. I've got to iron this out. It's really weird. Just report your raw perception at this time. You're still early in the session. I'm looking at, at, at an after effect of a major geologic problem. Okay, go back to the time before the geologic problem. Um, total difference. It's, uh, before there's no, well, I don't know, oh hell, it's like mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before. See a large flat surface, very smooth, angles, walls, they're really large though. I mean, they're megalithic. Alright. At this period in time now, before the geologic activity, look around, in and around this area, and see if you can find any activity. I'm seeing, it's like a perception of a shadow of people. Very tall, thin. It's only a shadow. It's as if they were there and they're not. Not there anymore. Go back to a period of time where they are there. Um... It's like I get a lot of static on a line and everything. It's breaking up all the time. Very fragmentary pieces. Just report the raw data. Don't try to put things together. Just report the raw data. I just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very large. And wearing some kind of strange clothes. Alright, now holding in this time period, I want to move from your physical location in space to another physical location, but in this time period. Move now to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Move in this time to 46.45 north, 353.22 east. Deep inside of a cavern, not a cavern, more like a canyon. I'm, I'm looking up, up the sides of a steep wall that seems to go on forever. And there's like a structure with a, it's like the wall of a, the canyon itself has been carved. Again, I'm getting a very large structure. No, no intricacies, huge sections of smooth stone. Do the structures have insides and outsides? Yes, they're very... It's like a rabbit warren corners of rooms. They're really huge. I don't feel like I'm standing in one. It's just really huge. Perception is that the ceiling is very high, walls very wide. Yes, that would be correct. All right, I'd like to move now to another location nearby. All right, move from this point in time to 45.86 north. 354.1 east. 45.86 north, 354.1 east. They have a, 
appears to be the end of a very large road and there's a, a marker thing that's very large. Keep getting Washington Monument overlay. It's like, it's like an obelisk. All right, from this point then, let us move to another point. Move now to 35.26 north, 213.24 east. Move in this time to 35.26 north, 213.24 east. It's like I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin of the range mountains by almost all the way around. Very ragged, ragged mountains, very tall. Basins very, very, very large. Scale seems to be off or something. It's just really big. Everything is big. I understand the problem. Just continue. I see just a right angle corner to something, but that's all. I don't see anything else. Okay, then let's move into a little different place, very close. Move from the point you are now, in this time, to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. Move in this time to 34.6 north, 213.09 east. The cluster of squares up and down. Um... It's like you want to make them square anyway. They're almost flush with the ground, and it's like they're connected. Something very white or reflects light. What's your position of observation as you look at this thing that reflects the light? I'm amid oblique left angle. Some is, uh, sun is weird. Look back down at the ground now, and we're going to move just a little bit from this place. Just a little bit from this place. 34.57 north, 212.22 east. Very close by. Now move over to 34.57 north, 212.22 east. It's like I can just perceive a, a, like a radiating pattern of some kind. It's like some really strange intersecting kind of roads that are dug into valleys. You know where a road is just a little below the edge. Tell me about the shapes of these things. They're like real neat channels cut. They're very deep. It's like the road went down. Okay. I notice electrically you're nulled out a little bit and I want you to stay deep and recapture your focus here. It's really tough. It's, it seems like it's just always very sporadic. I realize that it's very important that you maintain your focus. I have a movement exercise again for you, and this is some considerable distance away. So holding the focus in time, remember the focus in time that you had before and moving now to 15 degrees north, 198 degrees east. Take some time and get back deep. I see the um, intersecting. Whatever these are, are aqueduct type things. These rounded bottom carved channels, like roadbeds. I see, I see pointed tops of something on the horizon. Even the horizon looks funny and weird. It's like different, misty. Like it's really far away, very vague. Okay. Another movement now to 80 degrees south, 80 degrees south, 64 degrees east. 
64 degrees east. Now move in this time. I see pyramids. Can't tell if it's overlay or not because they're different. Okay. Do these pyramids have insides and outsides? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, got both. And they're huge. It's really uh, it's an interesting perception I'm getting. This is a note the hypnotist made during the regression. I think he's losing his ability to move accurately, but he is attracted to things that are interesting. So we're going to go with his own. We're going to let him go ahead and explore what seems to be interesting to him rather than move on the targets indicated. It's filtered from storms or something. Say that again. They're like shelters from storms. These structures you're seeing? Yes. They're designed for that. All right. Go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. Different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like strictly functional place for sleeping, or that's not a good word. Hibernations. Some form I can't. I get real raw inputs, storms, savage storm, and sleeping through storms. Tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. Uh, very tall again, very large people, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height and they dress like in, oh hell, it's like a real light silk, but it's not flowing type of clothing. It's like cut to fit. Move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. They're ancient people. They're, they're dying. It's past their time or age. Tell me about this. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for uh, a way to survive and they just can't. Can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. So they're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return or something coming with the answer. What is it they're waiting for? They're... Evidently was a, a group or a party of them that went to find, find a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's failing very rapidly and this group went somewhere like a long way to find another place to live. What was the cause of the atmospheric disturbance or the environment disturbance? I see a picture of a picture of like oh, oh hell it's almost a warp in a oh god this is difficult it's like going let's see the raw data i get a globe uh it's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail or it's through a river of something but it's all very cosmic it's like space pictures all right now before you leave this individual Ask him if he knows who you are and if there's any way you can help him in his present predicament. All I get is that they must just wait. Doesn't know who I am. Think he perceives I'm a hallucination or something. Okay. When the others left, these people are waiting. When the others left, how did they go? I get an impression of... Uh, I don't know what the hell it is. It looks like the inside of a larger boat. Very rounded walls and shiny metal. Go along with them on their journey and find out where it is they go. 
I get the impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange plants. A very volatile place. It's very much like going from the frying pan and into the fire. Difference is, there seems to be a lot of vegetation where the other place did not have it. And different kind of storm. Alright, it's time to come back now to the sound of my voice into the present time to right now, the 22nd of May, 1984. The sound of my voice. Move back now to the room, back to the sound of my voice. Back further now to the sound of my voice on the 22nd of May, 1984. End of interview. Method of site acquisition. Sealed envelope coupled with geographic coordinates. A sealed envelope was given to the subject immediately prior to this interview. The envelope was not opened until after the interview. In the envelope was a 3x5 card with the following information. The planet Mars. Time of interest, approximately 1 million years BC. Selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the information were verbally given to the subject during this interview. Our third story comes from Ramo and his experience with something he encountered that he could not identify in the sky. So this happened back in the mid-90s. Myself and my two buddies, Jack and John, were coming back from London, Ontario after helping a friend move apartments. It was maybe two or three in the morning and a clear summer night as we headed back towards Hamilton. We were traveling through some back roads and found ourselves on a narrow two-lane highway with thick trees on both sides. We were just chatting when John, who was sitting in the back seat, noticed a bright light through the trees on the left side. He got our attention and pointed it out. One single white light. It was a bit up ahead, so we slowed down and pulled over as we reached it. It was still there, just one single white light floating through the trees. We all got out of the car and stared at it. It seemed to be moving, but it was hard to tell through the trees, until it suddenly broke out and moved above the trees. It rose up and came right towards us. We were mesmerized. I don't remember anyone saying anything or even moving. We just watched this light rise out of the trees and float towards us. It was not like anything I had ever seen in the sky. It moved so slow with one bright light and zero noise. It continued towards us and came right over the car. The one light became three lights in a triangle right above us, about a hundred feet above, and it just circled around the car. We just stared, jaws dropped. It continued to circle a few more times and then moved back the way we were coming from. As it got further away, we turned to each other, stunned. John was the first to break the silence. What the hell was that? But none of us had an answer. We could still see the light in the sky moving away from us. We got back into the car, shocked and in awe at what we might have just seen, and continued on the road back home. It wasn't too long after when Jack, who was still driving, looked in the rearview mirror and yelled, no way! 
I turned my head to look out the back window and I could see that the light was coming back towards us. It was still about a hundred feet above the ground and hovering over the road heading our way. Jack pulled over again, but this time the passenger door was blocked by trees or something. All I remember was that for some reason I had to climb over the driver's seat to get out the door. And as I'm crawling out, John shut the door. He was staring up at the floating object, which was now right over top of us again, and he slammed the car door shut and right onto my hand. Still to this day, we have no idea why he did this. He has no recollection of doing it. It was the weirdest thing. My hand was stuck in the door. I could feel the pain throbbing, but I'm staring up at this object mesmerized. I didn't realize until a moment later that I was actually screaming in agony and yelling for help. I felt very disconnected for a moment. Jack and John were still completely zoned out, staring up, and weren't paying any attention to me. I probably could have got the door open, but between the pain I was feeling and whatever it was above us, all I could do was yell and bang on the car door and try not to zone right out looking up at it. It circled around us a couple of times and then took off, still completely silent. Finally, the guys noticed my hand was stuck and opened the door. My hand throbbed the entire way home. A painful reminder of what we just witnessed. And to this day, I have no explanation for what I saw in the sky. And no answer for why my hand got caught in the door. Maybe it was to protect me. Maybe it was a form of distraction from something else. Who knows? Thank you for listening to today's episode. I want to thank Ramo for his personal account. And thank you to our listener who passed along an incredible story from the declassified reports of the CIA. If you enjoyed the stories that we told today, make sure to go to galacticcycle.com to check out all the other amazing things and information that we have to offer. If you would like to share your story or have any questions about our discussions or have any ideas that you would like us to include, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you enjoyed this session, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all of our latest releases. Help us make these shows as interactive as possible. So please reach out and keep this conversation going. You can connect with us in the links in the bio and become a part of the journey. See you next time for more incredible stories. And in all that you do, may you reconnect with the earth. Thank you for listening and never stop pushing the boundaries of reality.